Skeet here. I just want to welcome you to my first podcast called If I Were In Charge. You might like the name of that, right? I mean, how many of you have sat around having a couple brews, you know, a nice cold beer, or maybe something a little stiffer, and you said, you know what? I wish I could do something different. If I were in charge, man, this is how I would do it. I did this all the time, man. I'm down at my neighbor's house, and we're over there. We're solving the problems of the world. But you know what? Like you, I can't do much about it. I can vote, and that's about it. I can write a letter to my congressman. Or I can make a podcast, and maybe, just maybe, somebody out there might hear us and say, you know, that's a pretty good idea. We might have to talk about that. But I doubt it. This is really just my way to kind of vent and just get stuff off my chest because, man, I see some stupid stuff out there in the world, and I really just wish I could do it myself. I wish I were in charge. It's probably a good thing that I'm not. I mean, you know, the world is all the world is often way more complicated than what I think it is. And uh, in my podcast, each week I'm going to explore something that I wish I could change, and I'm going to try to figure out if my ideas were right, if I'm on the ball, or if I'm just way off the mark because, well, I don't know everything, and you know, things turn to things tend to turn out a little bit more complicated than I think they are. Now I'm going to dive right in, and I'm going to start my very first podcast. If I were in charge, here's what I would do to change college football. Now, I don't know about you, but I love college football. I love NFL football. I love high school football. It comes right down to it. I just love football. It's my favorite sport in the world. But if you're a college football fan, you know there's a problem. There's a lot of problems. And you're probably thinking, "Uh uh-huh, yep, I got you. But to me, you know, college football, we got a national championship. You know, baseball has a national championship. Basketball has a national championship. And there's also, you have the NFL and Pro Series. They have their national championship too, like the Super Bowl. Now, in the NFL... You get to the Super Bowl based on wins. You go based on who you beat. Now, and that's the way it should be with any sport. You beat your competitors. You beat your opponents. You keep winning out. Guess what? If you have an undefeated season, well, you probably should have won a national championship. But is that the case in college football? Oh, hell no. Oh, no way. College football has become a little bit or it hasn't become. It's been like figure skating. Now, I do not want to in any way offend figure skaters. They are amazingly good athletes. I mean, and they train their entire life to skate like that. So, there's a lot of like uh, admiration out there for figure skaters. I can't even skate at all. I tried. I just fell on my butt and skidded across the ice. I can't even roller skate either. Hell, I can't skate at all. I can't even ski. So, you know, I have admiration for that. I could at least throw a football. But here's a problem, you know. Figure skating is about style points. How well did you land that triple axel? How pretty did you look on this? How well did you choreograph your moves? And that works for figure skating. College football should not be figure skating. College football should be about beating your opponent. 
winning. And if you win, you should go to a playoff. Now, in college football, it's, here it is. It's the 1st of November, 2021. And the college football playoff committee, the selection committee ranked number one, Ohio, I'm sorry, number one, Georgia. I agree with that. Number two, Alabama. Number three, Michigan State. Number four, Oregon. Number five, Ohio State. And number six, Cincinnati. Now, there's a real problem with that. You see, oh, Alabama is ranked number two. Now, the rest of those teams are undefeated. But Alabama lost to Texas A&M, which is a two-loss team. Oh, but that that's Alabama. They're in the SEC. You know, that's okay. You know, they, they lost to another good SEC team on the road. But they're still the second-best college football team in the country, even though we have several other undefeated teams. It's figure skating, man. I'll tell you what, it's figure skating. They were talking about strength of schedule, style points. Meanwhile, undefeated, Wake Forest. I'm looking at the list right now. Where is Wake Forest? Undefeated. Five, six, seven, eight. Oh, there they are. Number nine. Oh, but Wake Forest doesn't have the strength of schedule, you know, because, well, they're not Clemson in the ACC. Wait a second. The ACC is a Power 5 conference that Wake Forest is undefeated in, yet they're back there at number 9, where a one-defeated Alabama that lost to a two-loss team is ranked number 2. It's figure skating, man. I tell you what, this is figure skating at its best. I, I, is that fair? I don't think so. You got all these other undefeated teams out there, man. Come on. Oh, but Alabama. Now, I'm not saying Alabama might not be the second best team in the country. They might well be. The SEC just might be the best conference in the country. Might also be the Big Ten, too. It's hard to say. The ACC is dying a little bit this year, but they've been pretty good in the past, but they ain't getting no loving because there's this perception that the SEC is the dominant conference. So, meanwhile, Ole Miss is... The team to beat now in the SEC or Alabama or Georgia, hey, we got good teams over there in the ACC. They're not doing so well either. So this is my problem. We got these Power 5 conferences, and we have about 116 teams that are the, you know, the, the, the D1 teams. I guess they're called the FBS, the Football Bowl Subdivision, right? These are the ones that can go play for a national championship. So we got the Power Five conferences. You know, you got your SEC, your ACC, the Big 12 that doesn't have 12 teams anymore, the Big 10 that has more than 10 teams, and the Pac-10. I don't even know how many people they have in the, or how many teams they have in the Pac-10. That's out there on the Pacific Coast. So if you're not in one of those conferences, you're not even going to have a chance for a national championship. Doesn't matter how good you are, you're not going. Look at UCF. Then they go like undefeated one year, beat a pretty good team in the bowl game. If my memory serves, that was about 2017. They went undefeated and they beat Auburn. Wait, Auburn? They beat Auburn in a bowl game? I think they beat them like 34 to 27. Yeah, mm-hmm. That's an NCC team. They didn't even make it to the national championship. They didn't even get invited to go play in a playoff system. 
you see the problem here is they aren't in one of those elite conferences. Nope. Instead, they're in this little one called, uh, what is it, the American Athletic Conference at the time. Not one of your Power Five conferences. So despite having an undefeated season, beating the number seven ranked team, once again, number seven by, you know, um, figure skating standards, Auburn, they beat them. Nope. They weren't good enough to go play in the national championship. In fact, I love it that they considered themselves co-national champions this year as well as they should. So clearly, this system we got in place is pretty unfair. So what would you do? What would you do if you were in charge? How would you change this? Because I tell you what, I got an idea. I got an idea how to change this. I guess I can go ahead and get to it. Here's what I would do if I were in charge. I would say, all right, we're going to have eight conferences. And in those eight conferences, you're going to have 16 teams in each conference. Now, if I can do my math correctly, eight times 16 is about 128. Well, it ain't about. It is 128. That means you take 128 of your biggest colleges and you stick them into one of those eight conferences. Now, I'm aware that the bottom... You know, or not, I shouldn't say the bottom, the smallest 10 or 15 schools might change from year to year. And you know what? Maybe you have a reevaluation every 10 years, kind of like with the census, that you reevaluate the conferences. And that's okay. So some schools may fall out, some schools may come in. Now, you've got eight conferences with 16 teams in each conference. Each conference is then divided into a east and a west, or a north and a south, or however you want to divide it. The roses versus the camellias. I just use a flower reference. That's all right. That's okay. So here's the point now. You play inside your division. You win your division. You go to a conference championship. You win your division based on the number of wins. Then you go to a conference championship. You play the team from your other division. If you win your conference, you go to a plus eight playoff system. So all of a sudden now, every school, even a small one like New Mexico State or UNM or Wyoming, all these small Mountain West schools out here, guess what? They matter. They matter. That means they matter because that team, if they win out their conference, I mean, sorry, if they win out their division, win their conference, go to the playoff, they could play for a national championship. We no longer are basing our national championship playoff system on style points, figure skating. We're getting rid of it. We're not saying, oh, well, that's strength of schedule. Nope. You're getting rid of all of that subjective crap and you're basing it on wins. And believe it or not, this is a win-win for a lot of schools. You see, a lot of smaller schools, look at those big schools. I went to a now, I went to one of the big schools in my undergraduate. Yeah, I went to Florida State. Go Knowles. Now, I know some of you are going to automatically hate me for that, but share the love, man, because I love college football. And let's just, you pick your team, you run with it. Let's not worry about who's rooting for who right now. The, the thing about it is, if you've got 
every school has a shot at a national championship. That's pretty cool, isn't it? Every game matters now, even out here in the West. You know what that also matters for? Recruiting. Recruiting, because a good recruit could go to a small school, make a huge impact, and he still has a chance to get seen on a national front. And guess what? Now all of a sudden, because even uh, New Mexico State versus Wyoming, even that game might matter now. Guess what they get? TV revenues. You see, the problem is, is people always want to watch, and for good reason. You know, the Ohio States and the Michigans, or the Texas and the Oklahoma, or Alabama versus Georgia, or Florida versus Georgia, or back in the day, I know, back in the day, when Florida used to matter, Florida, Florida State, and Miami, back in the 80s and 90s and early 2000s, you know, those games mattered, and those schools raked in millions of dollars from ad revenue and bowl wins. So their system that we have, not only is it like based on style points, which is basically figure skating, it keeps the rich richer, and all those other schools, it just keeps them down. It keeps them poor. I've even advocated that some of these smaller schools just get rid of their football teams. Why should you get rid of it? You'll never make money. You'll never had a. Ch- you'll never have a chance at a national championship, which means your games aren't likely to get aired on TV. You're not going to make money. You're not going to recruit the best players. If you're a decent player, why in the world would you ever go to a school that has no shot at a national championship? Nope. Where are you going to go? You're going to go to one of the Power Five conferences. And if you're smart, you're going to probably go to the Big Ten or the SEC because they've got lots of money and you're going to be seen on TV and everybody's going to have the perception that you're the best conference. But like I said, we could fix that. Now, of course, you know, this will never happen. And the reason why it will never happen is because ESPN and their short-sightedness wants to create all these marquee matchups so they can make lots of money. But that doesn't work in real life. The way things work is when you spread the wealth around, no, Alabama, you won't make as much money. I'm sorry. Clemson might not make as much money. The SEC might not make as much money. But you know what? All of a sudden, the American Athletic Conference or the Mountain West, you know, these conferences, because they matter, all of a sudden, those schools start making more money. You spread the wealth. And if ESPN was smart about this, they'd have more games than they would know what to do with, and all of them would matter. And guess what that means? You bring in ad revenue, and you get another playoff games. You Instead of having just a few uh, championship games for your uh, conferences, now you've got eight conference championships games and another playoff game. Damn, that's awesome. Now, I know some of you are going, wait a second, that's a lot of football for those football players. And you're right, it is. But most of those football players, the vast majority in this country, will never play that much football. And if a school has to keep playing these different games, then there should be regulations that allow those players to like extend their semesters and have some easier semesters. I'm not talking about academically less rigorous. Do you just accommodate that football schedule? I would love to see that. You know, but the NCAA won't do that. They're too weak. But then they flex their weight in all the ways they shouldn't do it. Because another problem I have is a couple things, you know, like 
you can pay a coach $10 million a year, but you don't want to play, you don't want to pay your players. Man, that's just wrong, right? I mean, finally, you can get the money for the likeness of your system. But these players, they work. I mean, they're doing two-a-days. They're going to school. They're going to practice. They're going on the feet, on the road. They're playing games. And, you know, this idea, well, they get an education out of it. Yeah, right. They get a tuition remission. And some of the scholarship players actually, you know, they don't have to pay for room and board. Yeah, that's nice. I mean, that's great to get your education for free, especially considering how much education costs right now. But you, know, you, you could give them $2,000 as a monthly stipend. I mean, a lot of these kids, they didn't come from much. $2,000? That ain't much. I mean, damn, when you're paying a coach $5 million, that coach could easily play, you know, 100 players or let's say 80 players, $2,000 a month. That's easy. And that brings me up to another point. Not only should the players get a stipend, and you can base that stipend based on cost of living adjustments, just say it's $2,000. And yeah, somebody going to Berkeley might make a little bit more money than somebody going to Alabama because, man, California is crazy expensive. We all know that. But this brings me up to my next point. This runaway prices we pay for coaches. I mean, this has gotten out of hand, the amount of money that the coaches make. Now, you know, I'm a capitalist. I like making money. But when I realize that a head coach at my favorite school makes my salary in 10 days, and he's got a few losses on the season and we ain't in contention for nothing, I think he's going to be all right in the long run. Kind of chaps my ass a little bit. Not only that, you have to pay out a coach that has a lo two losing seasons in a row, millions of dollars. That's ridiculous. You see, the NCAA wants to go out there and they want to cap how many scholarships you can have. And they want to investigate schools for every little infraction, even when they're self-reported. But the one thing that they won't do is put a cap on these coaches' salaries. Now, like I said, I'm a capitalist. I mean, I think these coaches deserve to make a lot of money. They do. They not only generate revenue for their schools when they win, they also generate revenue for the economies. And if you don't believe me, just go check out Tuscaloosa, Alabama. Wow. Nick Saban, you're God, dude. You brought in so much money in that university that your students not only go to a nice university, they are, Harvard is now competing for Alabama for students as well as it should because Alabama's got to be a fun school to go to. Hell, I know. I went to Florida State in the 90s. We were considered the number one party school in the country. Now, before you think we're all partying, we were also very highly uh, touted academically as well. So it wasn't just about partying, but it's fun going to a school with a winning game. With a Man, it is fun to go to a school with a good football program that's winning, or at least has a shot to win. And I would love to just spread that wealth around. And the thing is, if the schools I work at, there is no way in hell they could ever afford a million dollar, $5 million contract for a coach. And in fact, they try to pay a guy a million dollars, but it ain't coming out of ad revenue. It's coming out of the school's budget. Unlike Alabama, where, you know, he gets all, you know, Nick Saban gets money from everywhere. All these big schools, you know, the boosters kick in, they get revenue, you know, ads and all these other things. 
Hell, I don't even know where half that money comes from, but they get it. That's where the NCAA, you cap number of scholarships, you cap how many people you can have on your team. Maybe you should cap coaching salaries to a reasonable salary so that these small schools could also go hire a good coach. I know. I know. See, the problem when you have like rampant capitalism, even though I just said I'm a capitalist, so rampant capitalism, you get a few people that win. The Alabamas and the you know Ohio States, man, they're just raking in millions and millions and millions and millions of dollars. Good for them. Good for them. Everybody else kind of doesn't get as much. But when you start making things a little bit more equal, I don't know, like maybe eight conferences with 16 teams each and any team has a chance to win out their division, go for a conference championship and get to the, you know, to the national playoffs to play for a national championship. You know what? All those schools start making more money, except for the ones at the top, they're going to lose out. But unfortunately, the short-sightedness of ESPN and the weakness of the NCAA that just likes to like, I don't know, pick fights with people over smite over tiny small infractions you know what can we say yeah i don't know i can't even go there at any rate yeah i know i was just kind of rambling a little bit because i get angry about this you know i want i want to see the small schools have a shot at it and i hate to see somebody like cincinnati you know this bearcast man they're having the the season of their of their life right they're undefeated. They're number two in the AP as of November 2nd, 2021. But they're number six in the college playoffs because strength of schedule. How do you really judge that strength of schedule? I mean, you got all these computer algorithms and stuff, but, and I, I actually kind of trust computer algorithms. You know, they take the emotion out of it, but those computer algorithms are still written by a person and you could eliminate all of this subjective stuff if you just went based on wins if you did it equitably so if i were in charge that's what i would do i'm gonna say it again man let me tell you we need eight conferences 16 teams in a conference each conference is divided into an east and a west a north and a south i don't care two divisions of eight teams each you play your games your 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 conference or your division games matter. You go win those. You go for a conference championship. You win your conference championship. You go to a playoff for a national championship, and we're done and we're done. And there is never ever once again controversy in college football about who's the best damn team in the country. Sorry, Alabama lost to a two-loss team this year, and they're number two. Are you kidding me? That is bias. That's bias at its best. And humans, we are so biased. And then, okay, I'm going to get off the bias part now. All right, we got we got our eight-conference system. The playoffs, you win your conference, you go to a playoff. And then do something about these coaches' salaries, right? I mean, come on. Like, these salaries are so high that small schools have no chance of breaking in these good coaches. You got to make that more equitable. Now, I'm not saying paying them all $100,000. That's ridiculous. They're, they're worth well more than that. But, you know, they make 10 times what the university president makes. They make my salary in a week and a half. Yeah, 
I work pretty hard too. All right. Well, this has been my my first episode of uh, if I were in charge, and you know, man, I'm just a good old boy. I I don't know what I am. I'm not conservative, and I am conservative. I'm liberal. I'm not liberal. I'm progressive. Oh, man, I can't identify with some of those people either. I don't know what I am, and but I definitely have ideas about what I would do if I were in charge. And uh, man, I hope you join me for my next episode of. If I were in charge, and I can't tell you what it's going to be about because it's probably going to be about whatever I wake up that day and go, man, damn, I wish I could change that. Or it might be on whatever conversation I had the night before with my neighbor over a couple beers, right? I mean, we're always trying to save the world or change the world or talk about how we could fix things. But man, I woke up today and I read this thing on college football and I just shook my head that Alabama was number two. No offense to the Alabama fans, man. Nick Saban, year in and year out, you know, he gets them to win all the time. Rarely loses a game. So my hat's off to Alabama, you know. Like I said, I'm, I'm from Florida State. I'm, I grew up with Bobby Bowden, you know, who is the other greatest college football coach of all time. Different time, different era, but Bobby Bowden, of course, you know, he took a, a, a winless Florida State team you know, the year before he he took it over, Florida State, like 1975, was winless. We were 0-11, and two years later, he had a winning season, never had a losing season, 11-0, you know, a few years after that. And then, uh, you know, of course, the the I have to put in my plug in, you know, 14 years of top four finishes, yeah, during the figure skating. But, you know, nobody would question that Florida State was good in those days either. I kind of miss them. So I look at Alabama's and the Georgia's, and I'm like, man, I wish we were there with you. No offense against you guys. You guys got good programs. I just want to make everything equitable for everybody. All right. So, you know, uh, I'm going to put out an episode about once a week. They're going to drop on Tuesdays. You can listen to here on Spotify. I think that's where where my host anchor gets them. And, uh, man, if I were in charge, and you think with me, man, I'm going to set up a Facebook page called If I Were In Charge. Hit me up. What would you do? I would like to hear back from you guys. What would you do if you were in charge? And uh, man, let's always keep it cordial. Let's keep it fun. And let's just daydream a little bit about making the world a better place. Until next time, man, this is Skeeter.